Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Reading from 10th Canto, Srimad Bhagavatam, chapter 89, verse 53. Tasmin Maha Bhogam Anantam Adbhutam Sahasamurdanya Fana Mani Yubi Vibrajamanam Dvigunekshanu Sita Chalabam Sita Kanta Jivam Tasmin, there, Maha, huge, Bogum, serpent, Anantam, Lord Ananta, Adbhutam, amazing, Sahasra, thousand, Mudanya, on his heads, Fana, among the hoods, money of the gems, Jubi, with the rays of effulgence, Vibrajamanam, shining, Dvi, twice, Gunna, as many, Ikshana, whose eyes, Ubanam, frightening, Sita, white, Achala, the mountain, Abham, uh, whose resemblance, Shitti, dark blue, Kanta, whose necks, Ajivam, uh, tongues. Translation of the palace was the huge, awe-inspiring serpent Ananta Shesha. He shone brilliantly 
with the radiance emanating from the gems on his thousands of hoods and reflecting from twice as many fearsome eyes. He resembled white Mount Kailas and his tongues, necks and tongues were dark blue. Arjuna then saw the omnipresent and omnipotent Supreme Personality of Godhead, Mahavishnu, sitting at ease on the serpent bed. His bluish complexion was the color of a dense rain cloud. He wore a beautiful yellow garment. His face was charming. His broad eyes were most attractive, and he had eight long, handsome arms. His profuse locks of hair were bathed on all sides in the brilliance reflected from the clusters of precious jewels decorating his crown and earrings. He wore the Kostuba gem, the mark of Shivatsa, and a garland of forest flowers. Serving the topmost of all lords were his personal attendants, headed by Sunanda and Nanda. His chakra and other weapons in their personified forms. His consort potencies Pushti, Shri, Kirti, and Aja, and all his various mystic powers. Purport, Srila Prabhupada mentions that the Lord has innumerable energies and they were standing there personified. The most important among them were as follows, Pushti, the energy for nourishment, Shri, the energy of beauty, Kirti, the energy of reputation, and Aja, the energy of material creation. All these energies are invested in the administrators of the material world, namely Lord Brahma, Lord Shiva, and Vishnu, and in the kings and the heavenly planets, uh, Indra, Chandra, Varuna, and the sun god. In other words, all these demigods being empowered by the Lord with certain energies engaged in the transcendental loving service of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So this is a description of the uh, what Arjuna saw when he uh, went outside the universe with uh, Krishna. First he saw the uh, waves of the Karana Ocean. Then he saw the palace with thousands of uh, pillars. Then he saw Ananda Shesha with thousands of hoods and thousands of eyes. Uh, and then finally he saw the form of uh, Mahavishnu and that is uh, described here in quite a lot of detail. Uh, and um, by the description we see that this was a huge form and astonishing and a cause of uh, great awe and veneration. Uh, the uh, form of Mahavishnu is the immediate cause of uh, property expanding into all the universes. Uh, so definitely his uh, form is uh, very powerful. So that is expressed here by the uh, description of uh, the ocean, the palace, the snake, and uh, Mahavishnu himself. Uh, but we see that Mahavishnu himself actually is uh, the same form that we see uh, described as Paramatma in the heart, as Garbhadakshaya Vishnu, and also the form in the spiritual world. Uh, he has the uh, color, dark blue color, like a rain cloud. He has yellow clothing. He has uh, beautiful eyes, handsome arms. Uh, in this case, he had eight arms. Usually we think of him as forearm, but in this case, he had eight arms. 
So sometimes uh, Vishnu can also have uh, eight arms instead of four. Now, of course, he can have thousands of arms also. Uh, but in this case, he showed eight arms. And uh, uh, he had uh, jewelry and crowns and armbands and earrings and the kostoba jewel, the shrivaksa, uh, garland. Uh, and uh, he was uh, served by servants and by his uh, weapons uh, and by his energies. Uh, so in this way, we see a very uh, complete description of the Supreme Lord uh, endowed with all powers. Uh, so uh, these energies are uh, often personified. Not all energies are personified, but uh, in this case we have the Lord accompanied by his energies. So his energies are personified in certain forms like Sri and Pushti, uh, Kirti and Aja, etc. And uh, uh, Energy means Shakti. Shakti means uh, an expression of the Lord uh, to do certain things. How does the Lord do his activities? How does he manifest his form? How does he manifest the spiritual world? Uh, so he does this by his energies. He has various uh, powers by which he can do this. And often these energies take the form of persons who are like servants. Uh, so the energy actually is a servant of the Lord. Uh, the Shakti means that it is controlled by the Supreme Lord, Shaktiman. Uh, so uh, the natural that uh, the Shaktis could take a personal form of being a servant. And uh, we see that the Shaktis, of course, are feminine in form. Uh, the uh, weapons, on the other hand, are not uh, feminine in form. But we find the uh, Shaktis are feminine in form, uh, just like we have the uh, Prakriti represented by Durga Devi or Lakshmi representing Ladini Shakti or Radha representing Ladini Shakti. So these are all female in form uh, and uh, they uh, manifest various powers in the Lord, uh, such as his own beauty uh, and his own fame, etc. And uh, as Prabhupada explains in the purport, they also, these energies extend even to the jivas hmm, in the material world and in the spiritual world. So in the spiritual world, of course, jivas have qualities quite similar to the Lord, though in small quantity. So uh, they all have beauty, they all have uh, good qualities, etc. Uh, so at the same time, we find in the material world, uh, devatas are empowered by the Lord. They are called vibhutis of the Lord. They're not avatars, nor are they shaktivesh avatars, but still, uh, though they have material bodies, uh, they are favored by the Lord, so they get special powers. And so we can say they're shakti of the, uh, the spiritual world also manifest to some degree in these uh, jivas in the material world. Uh, and in this way, they can perform their functions in a very special way as devatas and uh, creators of the material world. Uh, so the um, Lord expands his energies uh, throughout the spiritual world and throughout the material world. Of course we can also say in the material world a lot of the Shakti is reflective. Uh, so we have uh, Durga Devi is a, a dull reflection of uh, the spiritual Shakti of Lakshmi or 
Radha in the spiritual world. Uh, she doesn't have exactly the same function, uh, but nevertheless she has uh, some powers to manifest things. Uh, we have uh, bliss in the spiritual world and we have material happiness in the material world, so it's not exactly the same thing. It's, uh, it's uh, a dull reflection of what's in the spiritual world. Uh, similarly, we have knowledge in the spiritual world, we have knowledge in the material world. The knowledge in the material world is contaminated, it is covered, uh, not spiritual. So the chit function operates, but in a slightly different way. So uh, in all cases, uh, all of these uh, are manifestations of the Lord's powers. Yeah. So originally, of course, the energies are spiritual. And therefore, we often describe the Lord with his three types of energy, the uh, Sandini Shakti, Samvit Shakti, and Haladini Shakti. Uh, and then we have these subdivisions where we get all these different forms like Bhushti, Shri, Kirti, Aja, etc. Uh, so they're all subdivisions of the main types of energy. Uh, and uh, they act to please the Lord in the spiritual world and support the pastimes in the spiritual world. Uh, for instance, we have some functional shaktis like the Leela Shakti. So this helps uh, Krishna accomplish his different pastimes and create astonishment within those pastimes uh, such that even Krishna gets astonished. We have the Yoga Maya potency which hides some of the knowledge of the jivas, even though they should have perfect knowledge in the spiritual world, it gets covered over uh, for uh, certain purposes in performance of pastimes. So that is the function of yoga mind. So they may forget, they may not be aware of things. So it's a, a spiritual ignorance uh, for uh, producing pastimes and bliss in the spiritual world. Uh, in the spiritual world we also have an Aishvarya Shakti uh, by which Krishna manifests his powers. Uh, and, and of course Krishna usually doesn't want to manifest his powers to the people of Vrindavan uh, but we see in the case of uh, Mother Yasoda when Krishna uh, was uh, ate some dirt and then Mother Yasoda looked in his mouth Aishvarya Shakti operated and showed the whole universe within Krishna so that was a manifestation of his Aishvarya Shakti and then Yasoda became very astonished by that uh, so, uh, in this way, the uh, energies in the spiritual world act to enhance and assist the Lord in all of his uh, different pastimes, uh, and this creates uh, bliss. So, not only in Goloka, but in all of the planets in the spiritual world, we have um, Vishnu with his expansion. So, here we have Mahavishnu uh, with the uh, Shakti expansions with him, uh, and through this, uh, uh, he manifests his beauty, his qualities, his powers, etc. Uh, Mahavishnu, however, is a form of Paramatma. Uh, he is the uh, the Paramatma feature, uh, is a, a witness of certain things. Uh, so he is the uh, witness of everything within property. Garbhadaya Vishnu is the witness within one universe, within the whole of property. And Shirodaksha is the witness within each jiva, within each universe. Uh, 
So in this way, Paramatma expands in a more and more particular way until he gets to Kshirodaksha Vishnu, which he is inside each jiva. But in general, we have Mahavishnu with the whole of Prakriti, glancing over the whole of Prakriti. So he is the first expansion because he is the initial uh, person in charge of the material world and he's the one that glances over property to cause it to manifest the worlds. We also see the description of how uh, the uh, universes emanate from Mahavishnu and they're all like small particles of uh, air in relation to uh, the lattice work of a window and uh, the uh, they're like coming out of the pores of his body like uh, air goes through the lattice work of the windows. So, in other words, Mahavishnu was huge in comparison to any universe. So, though, from our point of view, the universe is unimaginably huge, uh, from the point of Mahavishnu, they're infinitesimal, like little molecules. Uh, uh, So, that is why we have a huge description here of Mahavishnu, uh, residing on this uh, huge ocean mm-hmm. on the uh, Ananta Shesha. Uh, so, uh, and uh, Arjuna saw this huge form. Uh, naturally, he would be very uh, astonished by this form and give it great respect. Uh, so, this is one form of the Lord. Uh, it's the same form as uh, the form in the spiritual world. in. Mahavakunta. The only difference is that Mahavishnu is functional. Uh, in the spiritual world, uh, Mahavishnu, his only function, we could say, is to have pastimes with his devotees. The function of Mahavishnu is not to have pastimes with devotees, but to manifest the material world uh, and preside over it. Uh, so this is a functional aspect, and therefore, we don't find the same extent of qualities manifesting in him because he doesn't have uh, intimate relationships with all sorts of devotees as he does in the uh, Mahavaikuntha in the spiritual world. So therefore we distinguish Paramahama from Bhagavan because the relationship is uh, less uh, obvious with Mahavishnu. Uh, So his his relationship is with the jivas, of course, because he... um, deposits the, the, the jivas within Prakriti, and this causes the first transformation of Prakriti into Mahatattva. Uh, and then, of course, uh, through his expansions, ultimately, he witnesses each jiva through Shirodakshai Vishnu. Uh, so he has a relationship, but it's not the same relationship as we have with the between the devotees of the Lord and the Supreme Lord. Uh, 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 so, uh, therefore, uh, we don't have many uh, devotees uh, starting a relationship with Mahavishnu. Instead, they, if they have a relationship, he becomes Vishnu in the spiritual world instead of this Paramatma feature. Uh, so, nevertheless, he is the Supreme Lord. He's non-different from that other Lord, but he's a functional aspect of the Lord. So therefore, uh, we, we say that the Lord has these different aspects, Bhagavan, Paramatma, and Brahman. Hmm? Brahman, however, is a little different. 
because no qualities manifest there, no shaktis, or minimum of shaktis manifest. Huh? And therefore, uh, even though we can say Brahman is also satchit or nanda, the satanchit aspects are minimal, and the sat aspect is predominant there. So it's quite different from even parma. Huh? Um, thus, Jiva Goswami doesn't have a uh, Sandarbha dedicated to Brahman because he can't really talk about it. It has no qualities, no form, what to say about it. <laughs> when, however, Paramatma does have a lot of power and function, etc., so then he has one um, Sandarbha dedicated to Paramatma. Of course, it is not too big, it is quite small compared to the Bhagavad Sandarbha. And so Bhagavan has more qualities, so therefore we have a much bigger Sandarbha dedicated to uh, Bhagavan. So in this way, uh, Arjuna and Krishna saw this Paramatma feature Mahavishnu, and uh, they were very uh, awed by it. Of course, Krishna is ultimately supreme and greater than Mahavishnu, but he is playing a role here of uh, being uh, an ordinary king in the material world or whatever like that, that simultaneously obviously he's not because he can go outside the universe with Arjuna and uh, uh, show him this form. So he is Supreme Lord, but still, uh, we see that in the next verse he offers his respects to uh, this Mahavishnu form who's very huge. So natural because of that huge form of Mahavishnu. In spite of the fact that Bhagavan is superior to Paramahama, we find that Krishna, who is Swayam Bhagavan, is offering his respects to Mahavishnu, which creates a little bit of a, a confusion for Arjuna also, and that's explained later. Uh, how is it that this can take place? Uh, how can Krishna offer respects to this person or whatever? Uh, how is it that uh, uh, he's the Supreme Lord, but he can't come to Dwarka, etc.? So these questions will be resolved later on. But usually, uh, this material body cannot go to the spiritual world, the same body. But the question may arise that how Arjuna was able to go in the same material body and see the Lord in the same Arjuna didn't have a material body, he actually has a spiritual body. <laughs> so we see that also, even when he's in the material world, when he was shown the universal form, which is actually a material form, Krishna had to give him special eyes because he had spiritual eyes for seeing Krishna. He had to give him divya chaksu or heavenly eyes to see the universal form. So he had a lesser vision to see the universal form, which is a material form. <laughs> so actually, he has spiritual body, spiritual senses, because he can perceive the Lord. Uh, so that is the case of many of the associates of the Lord when the Lord has pastimes in the material world. Like Nanda and Yasoda, they have spiritual bodies, not material bodies. So if they go to the spiritual world, they don't change their body. Uh, same with Arjuna, he can go to outside the material universe and he doesn't have to change his uh, body. Marad, uh, there is Leela Sakti and also sometimes we see Yoga Maya potency and it is also mentioned uh, that Vrinda uh, Devi is planning all the Leelas. So how to understand this dream? Well, Yoga Maya is particularly for hiding or revealing certain aspects of the pastimes. Yeah. So, says she uh, creates a type of spiritual ignorance. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, this is involved in the pastimes, 
Yeah? But you can say the Leela Shakti is responsible for arranging the, the basic structure of pastimes that are going to occur. It may not deal directly with uh, illusion or forgetfulness or whatever. Sometimes it does. Uh, so then uh, we say the Yoga Maya also acts along with the uh, Leela Shakti. Yeah. So we do have to have in the spiritual world uh, a progression in time so that activities can take place in a certain sequence. Uh, so that is arranged by the Leela Shakti. Uh, Rinda Devi is considered to be a, a particular arranger of pastimes in the uh, within Vrindavan. So, uh, where uh, and uh, therefore we can say the uh, the Yoga Maya and the Leela Shakti act for all the forms of the Lord, but uh, particularly for the Vrindavan pastimes, uh, Vrinda Devi acts for the uh, particular for the arrangements of Radha and Krishna. So it's a very particular aspect of arrangement of pastimes. Well, we understand that, we understand that uh, Vishnu is six qualities, sixty qualities. Um, which of the Vishnus we have to understand? Uh, we understand that uh, Vishnu possesses sixty qualities. Mm-hmm. Which of the Vishnu? The Mahavishnu what is mentioned here, or the Mahavishnu who is within the material realm? Uh, Shri Radhakshai Vishnu asking what? Sixty qualities belong to Mahavishnu? Oh. Well, if we look at the sixty qualities as compared to the fifty-five, we do see that one of the uh, qualities is to manifest all the avatars, which is done through Mahavishnu, Kabdaksha Vishnu, like that. So we can say those are related. Uh, uh, and uh, as well, of course he has some inconceivable powers, which also Mahavishnu has. Uh, so, and he manifests from the pores of his body all the universes, so that's directly uh, Mahavishnu doing that. So, of these uh, 65 extra qualities that distinguish Shiva, from, uh, Vishnu from Shiva, some are aspects of Mahavishnu, like the uh, universes emanating from the pores of his body, which Shiva does not do, but Mahavishnu does. Huh? However, we do know that superior to the Mahavishnu and that Paramatma form is uh, the form of Vishnu in the spiritual world. So he manifests uh, a predominance of uh, personal qualities in relation to his devotees, dominated by Aishvarya mood. Uh, whereas uh, Mahavishnu doesn't manifest those so much. Uh, so that that is the distinguishing nature of uh, Mahavishnu and uh, between Mahavishnu and the forms of Vishnu in the spiritual world. Then it is explained that Mahavishnu and Ocean. Uh, this is different from the milk ocean or the Karmadaka ocean. Or yeah, well, the milk ocean usually is described as that ocean where uh, we have the different dvipas and uh, we have a. a Saltwater ocean, a freshwater ocean, a milk ocean, a yogurt ocean, a ghee ocean, a sugarcane juice ocean, a liquor ocean, <laughs> different types of oceans, and one of them is the milk ocean. So there's where uh, Shiradakshai Vishnu resides on uh, that ocean. Um, so that's that's within the material world. Hmm? Uh, Or it can take either form. 
Just like the the Kanji Parm, he's standing up or lying down or whatever like this. <laughs> so Mahavishnu generally we see him typically lying down on Shesha, but he's got a palace also, so I assume he would get up and do things at certain times also, stand up as well. And in the spiritual world generally we see him sitting on his throne, but he also stands up or lies down or whatever, he could do that as well. Yeah. Which is, uh, again, this sounds a little strange because it's all one person in one sense. We cannot separate them, they're all one. But nevertheless, we do see this within past times. We have Krishna and Balaram, <laughs> both the same Lord, <laughs> they're friends. <laughs> or Lord Chaitanya and Nityananda, again, same, both Supreme Lord, and Advaitacharya also is there in that form. Uh, so it, it is possible, and we find even Shaktivesh Avadar's like Narada Muni is there sometimes, and Gosadwarka, or Parsaram. Uh, meets Ramchandra, etc. So we find interaction between Shaktavesh avatars, full avatars, and between different avatars as well, uh, and between Vishnu and avatars and Krishna and avatars as well. Well, the problem with uh, Vishnu is that he's not uh, suitable for Goloka because he has all this Aishwarya attached to him. So that's why he cannot also come to Dwarka. Because of the Aishwarya, the Aishwarya does not fit with uh, the mood of Krishna. Even if Dwarka is also Aishwarya mood, it's a uh, Krishna. So uh, yeah, the, the Vishnu forms don't go there. Uh, they're manifested separately. So Guru, we understand that this ocean what is mentioned is just an ocean of water. Which are like the, the, what the description given here. This is a Karna ocean. It's a special ocean. Uh, it, it exists, and it's not material water, obviously, because uh, he's sleeping on the uh, Karna ocean, and then he glances over Prakriti, and Prakriti then manifests Mahatattva, Hankara, and then all the elements manifest, and then they combine into universes. And then within the universe, then we have the manifestation of water as we know it, which is a combination of the five elements, actually, not just water. That, wa that water is a combination. So, uh, therefore, that water in the material world is completely different from this water, which is before property even manifests water. Huh? Waves. As a wind, obviously, it cannot be a, a material wind, also because there's no air and it's not manifested yet. <laughs> Just like in the spiritual world, we can have wind also, but it's, it's not material wind. Or we can have a sun and the moon in the spiritual world also, it's not material. Uh, when we just uh, had, uh, go to the Brahma Samhita, there the description is even bit more confusing. Where uh, Shambhu is said to be our uh, Vishnu or Pujani uh, creation. Oh, uh, Shambhu is a manifestation uh, from that Vishnu form. But uh, of course, some people take that as, um, uh, and it's called Sada Shiva also. So some people will take that as Shiva, who is the consort of, uh, or the husband of Parvati. Uh, and then he creates the material world. But Jiva Goswami, in his commentary, says this is an aspect of uh, Vishnu himself. Because Sambhu should not create the material world. Only Vishnu should create the material world. So therefore, it cannot be Shiva. 
because Shiva doesn't have that power. Uh, he has 55 qualities, and the power of manifesting universes belongs to Mahavishnu. So therefore, he, he says it's not Shiva, even though <laughs> it may be called Sadhak Shiva or Sambhu or whatever. So it's just an aspect of Shakti of, we can say, the Shakti of uh, Mahavishnu. Gurumaraji was saying that um, uh, Vishnu could not enter Dwaraka. But actually, in the next sloka, next two slokas, we see that Arjuna is lamenting that Vishnu came into Dwaraka so many times, but somehow or other he could not have the version of Krishna. And uh, Krishna says that uh, I just made all this nine children there only to save you. Material world. So therefore, it cannot be Shiva because Shiva doesn't have that power. Uh, he has 55 qualities, and the power of manifesting universes belongs to Mahavishnu. So therefore, he says it's not Shiva, even though <laughs> it may be called Sadhak Shiva or Sambhu or whatever. So it's just an aspect of Shakti, of, we can say, the Shakti of uh, Mahavishnu. Guru Maharaj was saying that um, uh, Vishnu could not enter Dwaraka. But actually, in the next sloka, next two slokas, we see that Arjuna is lamenting that Vishnu came into Dwaraka so many times, but somehow or other he could not have the version of Krishna. And Krishna says that I just made all this nine children there only to save you. says there's only one verse there that says having seen the domain of Vishnu Arjuna was totally amazed he concluded that whatever extraordinary power a person exhibits can only be a manifestation of Sri Krishna's mercy doesn't talk about him going to Dwarka huh? yeah he says but he doesn't say he went to Dwarka because he couldn't go to Dwarka he brought Krishna there by taking the sons. That's the whole idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maharaj, where is the Viraja River in comparison to the Karana Ocean? What is that? Viraja River. It's the same. Oh, oh it's the same. Yeah. yeah. The Viraja, as you described, is the, what, the uh, borderline between the material and spiritual world so if we look at the all the little universes and then there is the Karna ocean and then the spiritual world in that sense so it's like that Virajal which means just pure it means pure that's in the purport not in the actual commentary on that why couldn't he simply see Krishna at work after all versus operating which he holds and he could not see Krishna in Dwarka because Krishna is not allowed to see him without a special sanction. He doesn't say he came there actually, or even if he could, he couldn't see him. <laughs> So the, the idea is that uh, Krishna is uh, supreme, so therefore without his permission no one can see him or no one can enter Dwarka or whatever. So maybe well, even if Vishnu does come to Dwarka, he doesn't see Krishna. So that's why 
he brought Krishna to his place in uh, uh, Mahakalapur or in uh, the Karna Ocean. Ramana and his family are very suffering. Just to see Arjuna and Krishna, why yeah. he has to do this table? Yes, yeah, so that is, it shows the extraordinary, we can say, the uh, uh, extraordinary effort that Mahavishnu took even to give pain to a Brahmana, which generally he shouldn't do because he respects the Brahmanas, but he even made the Brahmana suffer so many times simply because he wanted to see Krishna and he couldn't do it any other way. So it shows the difficulty of even Mahavishnu too, see Krishna, that he's willing to make the Brahmana suffer <laughs> in order to see Krishna. That's the, the purport of that. <laughs> Otherwise, he wouldn't be, uh, he, he sacrificed the Brahmana because of his desire to see Krishna. <laughs> but ultimately, the Brahmana's uh, problem was resolved because he got his sons back. So it was a temporary suffering for the Brahmana. Well, uh, we see that uh, when the, uh, they got outside the universe, there was uh, a bright light. So that was like in Brahma Jyoti or whatever. But we can say in general, the, the whole, uh, everything outside of the uh, material world would be filled with Brahma Jyoti in one sense. Huh? But then greater than that is the actual forms beyond that. So then we got Mahavishnu and Karna Ocean, etc. there. But, uh, probably you can also not locate it because it's beyond material space. So we cannot say this and then that and whatever because beyond the material world there is no space as we know it. We can't measure space in the same way at all. It's different. <laughs> space and time don't exist. So it's a little bit of a simplification to say first is this, then is that, then is this. <laughs> in material world you can do that. We can say the different layers of the universe, but once you get outside there, then first, second, third is a little bit, you know, it's the relative terms we're speaking of because space is not the same there. doesn't say what happened to them, but obviously they got association with Mahavishnu, they also had association with Krishna and Dwarka, so they must have been very special anyway, so it uh, looks like they must have been privileged to be devotees also. That is in text 58, it says, uh, Mahavishnu says, come back here to me. So he's, we say Mahavishnu coming from Krishna, but here Mahavishnu says... Yeah, so that's interpreted, we have different ways of... Uh, uh, of uh, analyzing those words and, and probably in the commentary you'll see how uh, you can take it as that that you're coming to me but then uh, the acharyas analyze it differently so that uh, ultimately it means that everything's coming from Krishna <laughs> not from Vishnu <laughs> Maharaj, uh, now this pastime happened in every universe uh, in the material creation. So would that mean that Mahavishnu is constantly having version of Krishna and Arjuna? Yeah. Well, we can't say it's always happening because uh, uh, some of the pastimes occur sometimes and others occur other times. Uh, Krishna has a whole series of pastimes, but uh, not all of them may occur in all the universes at all times. It's, it's up to Krishna which ones he wants to show. Uh, just like Mahabharata is uh, 
itchy house, so therefore all the details are not always exactly like that every time it occurs. <laughs> some details change, so uh, Krishna can also change the details of his pastimes somewhat. Uh, like Jai and Vijay fell, but commentary is they don't always fall. Usually it's not like that. This is a special case where they fell from the spiritual world. Usually they're just demons. They don't fall from anywhere. They're just demons and they get killed by the Lord. <laughs> but in this case they're special. They, they came from spiritual world by Kunta. So there's details are often altered in the pastimes, even though they're somewhat repetitious. talking about some space. The concept of space comes in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not like our space. Like otherwise, you can't measure it in the same way because it can collapse into zero space as well if it wants, if the Lord wants it to. Yeah, uh, just like there's day and night in one sense, but there's no sun and moon like a fiery sun and a, a, a globular moon that doesn't exist. Also. <laughs> Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Vihari Jaya Govijana Balava Girivana Dhani Yasoda Nandana, Brother Jana Ranjana, Yasoda Nandana, Jamuna Tira Vanachari, Jamuna Tira, Jaya Radha Madhava, Punjabihari, Jaya Radha Madhava, Punjabihari, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, 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 Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Ja 
Jaya Prabhupada, Prabhupada, Prabhupada Jaya Prabhupada, Jaya Prabhupada, Jaya Prabhupada. Ayamshamabarabhamabarajikacharyasadasisvadesivakchivadanasamsarabhapadgijayanamacharyasadasvadesivakchivadanasamsarabhapadgijayanamacharyasadasvadesivakchivadanasamsarabhapadgijayanam
विजा ऑफ द ब्राह्मण आत्मजा द सन्स मे माय युवयो यू टू किजक्षुना हु वॉन्टेड टू सी माया बाय मी उपनीता ब्रॉट बुबी ऑन द अर्थ dharma of the principles of religion guptaye for the protection kala expansions of a tirno descended avane of the earth bhara who are burdens asuran the demons hatva after killing iha here Mbuya again for I am quickly itam come unto to the proximity may my translation lord mahavishnu said i brought the brahmana's sons here because i wanted to see the two of you my expansions who have descended to the earth to save the principles of religion as soon as you finish killing the demons who are who burden the earth quickly come back here to me purport as explained by shri lavishnu chakravarti the secret import of these words spoken for arjuna's edification is as follows you too who have descended along with your kalas your personal energies should kindly return to me after killing the demons who burden the earth quickly please quickly send these demons here to me for the sake of their liberation it is stated in shri harivamsa and in the second canto of shrimad bhagavatam that the path of gradual liberation passes through the intermediate station of lord mahavishnu's abode outside the eighth shell of the universe Translation Lord Mahavishnu said I brought the brahmana's sons here because I wanted to see the two of you my expansions who've descended to the earth to save the principles of religion as soon as you finish killing the demons who burden the earth quickly come back here to me So Mahavishnu here speaks and we see that the whole Uh, on, on part of Mahavishnu, his plan of making the Brahmana's sons disappear was to have Krishna come to uh, his abode uh, in the uh, Karna Ocean, along with Arjuna, simply to see him. So he put and made a great endeavor to have the Brahmana's sons disappear, so that this could happen. Uh, in other words, uh, he had to make some plan. to see the lord the psychology would be that since the uh, uh brahmana was suffering the lord had to do something to stop that suffering because the lord is concerned about a brahmana so therefore uh he chose the brahmana uh, as the object of his uh plan and thus the brahmana had to suffer for some time in order that krishna relieve him of that suffering by coming to the uh karna ocean and meeting mahavishnu in this way mahavishnu gets to see krishna ah uh, 
which indicates that Mahavishnu, of course, is also attracted to Krishna. Um, we have many verses stating how even the other forms of the Lord are attracted to Krishna. They are attracted to his beauty. They are attracted to his wonderful qualities. They are attracted to his wonderful activities. Uh, so though actually they're all one because they're all the Supreme Lord, at the same time uh, they uh, have their uh, divisions as uh, persons and then they see Krishna who has more attractive qualities, form and uh, all sorts of wonderful pastimes. So uh, they become attracted to him which indicates that Krishna is Swayam Bhagavan. Uh, so we see that is also the case here of Mahavishnu. So previously Mahavishnu was described as being very very powerful uh, because he was had this huge form sitting on Ananta Shesha in the Karna Ocean and uh, it was in a palace full of thousands of uh, pillars. So he was very majestic uh, and of course we know he is the uh, creator of all the universes and uh, all the jivas uh, take rest in him after Pralaya. So he's a very powerful entity. Nevertheless, he also was attracted to uh, Krishna. We see uh, when uh, Krish, uh, Brahma stole the calves and cowherd boys that uh, when Brahma appeared again uh, to after one year to see what had happened, uh, then he had a vision of all the calves and cowherd boys turning into Vishnu forms who were in charge of universes. Uh, so there were millions and millions of cowherd boys and calves and they all became millions and millions of Vishnus in charge of universes. Huh? And within the universe then there was all the material elements, all the devatas including Brahma and all the jivas and all the animals and the plants and the mountains etc. All the lokas. Uh, within each universe and there were millions and millions of these and there were millions of Vishnus in charge. Uh, so Brahma was very impressed with that because suddenly they all disappeared and they merged into Krishna. So then Krishna was the source of all the universes etc. So actually uh, normally Mahavishnu was the source of all the universes. In the uh, nectar devotion there Rupa Goswami when he outlines the 64 qualities of Krishna one of the five qualities that distinguish uh, Vishnu from Shiva is that the universes emanate from the pores of his uh, body and that he is the source, he is the seed of all the different avatars in the material world. So Shiva does not have these characteristics, he does not produce all the universes from the pores of his body and he doesn't, he's not the source of all the avatars. Okay? So this is Vishnu. But particularly uh, the uh, universes uh, emanating from the Lord that belongs to Mahavishnu, not even Garbhadakshaya Vishnu or Kshiradakshaya Vishnu. So Garbhadakshaya Vishnu and Kshiradakshaya Vishnu are considered to be Kalas or Amsas of Mahavishnu. Uh, so Mahavishnu was much greater. So even Brahma, when he saw those forms, he did not actually see the Mahavishnu form. He saw millions and millions of, uh, say, Garbhadakshaya Vishnu forms, but he didn't see that uh, Mahavishnu. 
Uh, so all of the, in each universe, there is a Garbhadakshaya Vishnu mm -hmm. monitoring the whole of the, each universe, and we have millions and millions of those. But ultimately, all the universes come from Mahavishnu. So he's even greater than all these Garbhadakshaya Vishnus who are in charge of universes. Huh? Huh? So, uh, in this way, uh, uh, Mahavishnu is greater than Garbhadakshaya Vishnu. Huh? Yet, uh, though Vishnu has got special qualities like this, being in charge of uh, manifesting all the universes, Krishna is placed higher. He has four extra qualities. That doesn't mean that Krishna does not have the qualities of Vishnu or Shiva or the other Jivas. He has all of those qualities, plus he has four extra qualities. So therefore he also has these qualities of producing all the universes, being the source of all avatars, etc. But he does so in a more remarkable way. So we see how uh, instead of Mahavishnu being the source of all the of all the Vishnu forms who produce all of the universes, we have Krishna as the source of everything. Uh, when he showed Brahma that suddenly all the universes, all the uh, Vishnu forms in charge of the universes disappeared and they merged in Krishna. Hmm? So Krishna is the source of Mahavishnu, who is the source of all of the uh, uh, Garbhadakshaya Vishnus in charge of each universe. Uh, uh, so he showed this quality in a very remarkable way. Uh, so this is, uh, and here we find that uh, uh, Mahavishnu himself uh, makes his appearance before the Lord. Uh, and of course he made this special arrangement to see Krishna. Uh, he could not demand that Krishna come. He could not arrange for Krishna to come in another way. Uh, he had to make this intricate plan for Krishna to come. Why? Because Krishna is more powerful than Mahavishnu. So he had arranged some pastime by which the Lord would come to him. So he arranged his pastime of taking the uh, Brahmana's sons. So in this way, uh, though Mahavishnu is very, very powerful and the source of all the universes, etc., nevertheless, uh, he also is uh, has less uh, power than uh, Krishna himself. Huh? Uh, so that ultimately Krishna is the source of all the universes, etc. Huh? Uh, so uh, that is illustrated through this particular pastime. Huh? One other quality that uh, Vishnu manifests is he's the seed of all the avatars. He's the source of all the avatars. Uh, so it is through the Mahavishnu, Agarbhadaksha Vishnu, that all of the avatars manifest within the material world. Huh? Uh, of course, they're non-different from him. Huh? And Shiva cannot do this. He does not, never shows avatars in this way. Uh, so this is a special quality of Vishnu. He can expand his form unlimitedly in all the different universes and manifest different avatars. Huh? Uh, in the uh, Chaitanya Hartamrita, there Lord Chaitanya says that you cannot count the number of avatars, even though uh, we enumerate in Bhagavatam uh, uh, the whole list of avatars. Uh, they appear every day of Brahma in every universe. Uh, uh, so they're constantly appearing again and again and again and again, all these different avatars. So uh, uh, we can't enumerate 
the number of these avatars that make their appearance within the material realm uh, with the various types of forms. Uh, so their Mahavishnu is, and they're all non-different from Vishnu himself. So this is extraordinary quality of uh, the Supreme Lord as Vishnu. But uh, uh, Krishna also is the seed of all avatars. Uh, he is the uh, he contains everything that all the avatars contain so he is greater than them so whatever qualities are manifest in any Vishnu form are also within Krishna plus he has these extra four qualities uh, and when Krishna comes into the material world it is described that all the forms the avatar forms that have their planets in the material world they all merge into the body of Krishna when he performs his pastimes. So within him are all the other forms <laughs> simultaneously. And when he disappears, then they all go back to their particular abodes within the universe. So he has within him all of the avatars also. And when he disappears, they all go back to their places again. So Krishna is also the source of all the avatars, not only because he has all those qualities, but physically also they merge in him and come out of him at different times. Uh, so therefore very, very uh, unique in his um, form. Uh, so uh, here uh, Mahavishnu uh, greets Krishna. Uh, and uh, of course the words uh, sound like that Krishna is an expansion of Mahavishnu because he talks about the Kala, uh, Kala of Atirno. So uh, the nature of Sanskrit language is often you can give different meanings to the uh, words. Uh, so one meaning is that you've uh, appeared, you too have appeared, as Arjuna and Krishna have appeared as Kala, as Amsas of Mahavishnu. So that is the meaning that many people accept. Everything comes from Vishnu. All the avatars come from Vishnu. Uh, so Krishna also, Rama, they all come from Vishnu. That's a common concept. Huh? But we know from Bhagavatam that that's not so. Krishna is Swayam Bhagavan. So everything comes from Krishna. It's the opposite. <laughs> and the Vishnu forms are here that's produced the avatars in the material world but beyond that we have spiritual world and at the top of the spiritual world we have Krishna so in that sense Krishna is not inferior in any way to the uh, form of Vishnu even though uh, it appears that he uh, arises from him mm -hmm. so in, it, in spite of that uh, many people have this idea that all the avatars including Krishna manifest through the Vishnu forms mm -hmm. Uh, and therefore they will take this interpretation, the two of you have appeared as my expansions. Huh? However, you can also take it that you two have appeared with your expansions. <laughs> so the two have appeared with their expansions, which is also very true. Huh? Uh, so when Krishna comes then, all of the other forms are his uh, kalas, all the avatars, etc. And they come and they merge into him also. So. Um, and of course, other kalas also come. Krishna comes with all of his associates. 
and some of them appeared in heavenly planets, some appeared on earth, etc. So, uh, and in this way, the Lord is never without his associates, so he always comes with them. So that's an equally valid meaning of the word, uh, kala avatirno. Well, we can take either way. Yeah? So the devotees, of course, take it that the two appeared with all of their expansions, because Krishna has so many expansions. So, uh, therefore, uh, this is the meaning for the uh, devotees of Krishna. Yeah? And uh, he uh, uh, came to the earth to relieve the earth of the burden of the asuras. That, of course, is, uh, was the prayer of the devatas that the Lord should come and relieve the uh, burden of the earth in the form of Kamsa and his associates. So, and Krishna did that. So that is true. Uh, but as we also know, that is not the main reason for the earth, uh, Lord's appearance. He does that uh, because he has affection for the devatas who are his devotees. Uh, but his main purpose is to uh, enact pastimes with his devotees. Not with the demons. <laughs> of course, when he kills the demons, the devotees get some satisfaction from that. But the, the greater satisfaction is when the Lord directly has pastimes with his devotees, such as the devotees in Vrindavan or the devotees in Dwarka or Mathura. That's more satisfying for the Lord than killing demons. Is the positive aspect. So uh, that's the real purpose of the Lord's uh, uh, appearance to associate with his devotees. Uh, so he comes into the material world, he kills the demons, etc. Uh, and then it says that you, you come back to me, or you come near me again. Hmm? So then we would think that then uh, Krishna and Arjuna merge into Mahavishnu, like that. So that's what people may think. But again, as explained here in the purport, yeah, they, they, they come to deliver the demons. After killing the demons, they come and they deliver them to Mahavishnu. So they get liberated. Not that they merge into Mahavishnu themselves, but rather they come to deliver the demons after killing them. Hmm? So, uh, in other words, uh, the Hattva, uh, Asuran Hattva, after killing the demons, then you come here and you bring the demons with you, in other words. So uh, the two phrases are related here. Huh? Hmm? So you come to earth, you kill the demons, and you bring them back to me. Basically, that's what he's saying. Well, bring the demons back here. So in this way, uh, uh, the position of Krishna is uh, not uh, negated uh, by the, this particular statement. Although other people will take it the other way around, that uh, they come and merge back into uh, Mahavishnu because they are his kalas. But what is the defense for not accepting that? The, main, the reason we can see is that repeatedly within the Bhagavatam we have opposite statements. So we have in the first canto Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. Krishna is different from everyone else. And we have the statements of Brahma. Uh, that you are greater than Narayana. You are the source of Narayana. Uh, and, uh, and other places as well. We have the, the similar statements. So therefore that is contradictory if we take this other meaning that they are Kalas of Mahavishnu. It's opposite. So then it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So one who reads the Bhagavatam superficially may pick up this idea. Okay, they, they merge into Mahavishnu. Krishna merges into Mahavishnu. But if we look at the other statements in Bhagavatam, that's contradictory. 
So therefore we cannot accept that meaning. And the whole purpose of the Bhagavatam uh, that uh, Narada Muni explained to Vedavyas was to have everyone worship Krishna. So if Krishna is simply an amsa of Vishnu, everyone should worship Vishnu. But no, he's uh, uh, proclaiming Krishna as supreme and that everything is his amsa. So uh, in this way, the uh, say the superficial meaning of this verse should be uh, rejected uh, because of the context. Uh, in the context of the whole Bhagavatam, it is, is contrary. It does not make sense. So therefore, we have to accept the other meaning. Uh, so this is, uh, of course, one aspect of the Bhagavatam that uh, the meaning is not always clear and you could take various interpretations. And that is the uh, one of the characteristics of scripture. Uh, you can uh, uh, take various meanings, uh, but uh, nevertheless, some meanings are completely correct and some are completely incorrect. So we have to reject the incorrect meanings. Hmm? Uh, so it depends upon the uh, knowledge of the uh, person who hears the verse, he has to take it in the whole context of the Bhagavatam. Then we can come up with the proper meaning. Uh, so, the Bhagavatam is such that everyone can take whatever meaning they want from it. If you want to get Karma Yoga out of Bhagavatam, you can get that. If you want to get Jnana and Liberation, you can also get that. And if you want uh, Bhakti, then that is actually the correct meaning. And then within Bhakti, you could take Vishnu as Supreme, or you can take Krishna as Supreme. But as we see, the whole import of the Bhagavatam is to proclaim Krishna as the supreme object of worship. So that makes more sense than taking Vishnu as uh, supreme. Uh, so that is the way in which our acharyas uh, give the meaning of these particular verses, which look a little bit contrary sometimes to the uh, general purport of the Bhagavatam. Uh, and there's no harm in doing this because grammatically the, the words can mean either thing. Uh, so we take the meaning which agrees with the purport of the whole Bhagavatam. Uh, we see that even ordinary yogis, they have the ability to expand. So how is it that Shiva doesn't have avatars? Well, he has some powers, obviously, but we know the yogi can expand himself into nine forms and they're not really independent. Huh? So yes, Shiva has 11 forms within each universe, Ekadas Rudras, he has those forms. Huh? So he's all in all those universes, that much power as he has. But in, for, in terms of the uh, avatars, uh, the countless avatars that appear again and again, uh, he doesn't have that particular power where we see a variety of forms like Narsimhadeva and Ramchandra and Hayagriva and Matsya and Kurma and whatever like that, that type of expansion we don't see with uh, Lord Shiva. Uh, And sometimes we hear uh, now the Madhvas, uh, they would reject the 13th chapter of the 10th canto as interpolation and even Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam they say is Krishna's cha Bhagavan Swayam. Uh So then how will we uh, defend that? Well different different uh, versions of Bhagavatam are there. Uh, but uh, our acharyas have accepted this particular version, and that's the normal one accepted also. So, uh, 
therefore, uh, there's no criticism on that part that we've got one particular version that only we have and nobody else has. So it's commonly accepted by others as well. And we see that most of the acharyas have commented on all the chapters, etc. Uh, it's only the madhvas that don't do that. So <laughs> therefore, it's not that we are uniquely prejudiced or anything like that. It's commonly accepted. <laughs> We see many temples in India, like Keshava temples. Are these all temples of Garbhodaya Vishnu or Narayana? What is that? The temples in India, mostly, uh, we have uh, Vishnu temples. Yeah. And uh, Keshava, Madhava, and we identify by the location of Chakra and all that. Hmm. Now, are these all temples of Garbhodaya Vishnu or Narayana? Vishnu and Narayana, same. Okay. Yeah, Narayan and Vishnu are, uh, what say, synonyms, same meaning. Yeah. So they're all, all of that. Uh, the only thing we do is distinguish the, uh, maybe the uh, forms in the material of the Purusha avatars, like uh, those residing on Ananta Shesh with Brahma coming out, that's Garbhadakshai Vishnu or whatever. We distinguish those from the uh, Vakunta forms, like Vakuntanath, or they're in the spiritual world. But otherwise, they're all more or less all Vishnu. <laughs> I've heard that also. So we, we have avatars in one sense, but uh, not to the extent that uh, Krishna or Vishnu has avatar forms. So we find a whole list of avatars mentioned in the Bhagavatam with their particular uh, forms, qualities and activities, and they appear all the time. Shiva is also a form of the Lord, so he has extraordinary powers. One of his special qualities, he does have great powers more than jivas have. So he can do it to some extent, as I said. So he has his 11 ruder expansions in the material world as well. And he's a few other forms also, but not to the extent that uh, Vishnu has all the avatar forms. <laughs> 